video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when Hello. you want to watch Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all this week's notable Blu-rays and DVDs. But now we've changed the label of this podcast. We're now the TIFFCast. The TIFFCast. And Mark's going to talk about all the movies he saw at TIFF, yeah. right, Mark? Sure, sure. So first up... Dune! <laughs> no. What a stinker that oh, was. Oh no, Mark, get <laughs> out of here. It's been a while since we've done this podcast, though. It has? I feel like uh, it's been months, years <laughs> even. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I contact Mark weeks. every couple days, and I'm like, hey, Mark, is it time to record yet? And you're like, <laughs> oh, sorry, Mark, Justin, too busy with tip. Oh, God, it's bothering me all the time. Uh, every time I would visit Mark, he like, dollar bills are falling out of his, uh, <laughs> you know, all that yeah, film critic money. Yeah, all that film critic money. Um, <laughs> but now but he's yes. back with some little people talking about Blu-rays and DVDs, yeah. which is very funny for me to say that because Blu-rays and DVDs, definitely not a little people thing, probably a more uh, a middle class, <laughs> upper middle class thing. Yeah, de- definitely just in the same category as TIFF people thing, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, oh, but yeah, that's where right. my, this is where my heart really lies. Let's get serious. <laughs> oh, you mean like you're, uh, what is a movie where like uh, someone from the lower class lives with like <laughs> the upper class people? Just trying to get a little bit of taste. Of yeah, that. right. Uh, right. <laughs> not the Great Gatsby because that would indicate that you then made money. No, yeah, <laughs> no. That, not that. Um, Come on, Mark. You, did you uh, uh, major uh, in Metropolitan's a little bit like that? No, that's just about rich people, <laughs> isn't true, it? That's true, that's true. Well, there's one, like, slightly lesser, richer person. Oh, who you're right, world. you're right. But he's still ri- He still lives on, like, the Upper West Side. Mm. So, I mean. so, today, we will be going through, of course... I got a good one for not rich people trying to be rich. What's that? Titanic. Oh, yeah, got it. And he gets one. what he deserves. He does. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you try How to dare climb you. those ladders? Yeah, Billy Zane will survive this, not you. So we start, of course, with our good friends Arrow, who cannot give us enough box sets. <laughs> yeah, our They're good like, friends. Please call me. You call love me. box sets? Well, here you yeah, go. You every- got more of them. A bunch of Euro crime films. What's their relation? I don't know. We got no, the rights to it. Take sure. it. Do it. Do it. And they sell. They sell like hotcakes. Uh, I mean, this guy right here, and I'm pointing to myself. Yeah, he buys you buy them. them all. <laughs> yeah, well, not all of them, but a yeah, lot of them. A lot of them. They're on like a two box set a month thing nowadays. That's it seems, too much, right? I think it almost yes. seems like that. It feels like they're burning through a lot of like the big things they could do. Like they did. We talked about the I'm going to say it incorrectly, Dimogen yeah. trilogy, which is a big one that always gets shared around. And now they're doing a really fun one. Well, I mean, I appreciate this is like right up my alley. The four films from Sam Katzman. He was a producer uh, who worked on Poverty Row, so way, way back in the day. And this is later period stuff that he did, which includes Creature with the Atom Brain, the Werewolf, Zombies of Mora Tower, and the Giant Claw. Most people know the Giant Claw because it's infamous for having a terrible looking monster. <laughs> and a lot of people also know uh, maybe the Werewolf because the title just pops. But for me, it's all about Creature with the Atom Brain and Zombies of Mora Tower because it's directed by uh, one of my favorites, Edward L. Kahn, who I became fascinated with when I discovered that in the last few years of his life, he was shooting six to seven movies, not pornos, in his giant <laughs> um, house that he owned. Oh, so he was just great. like cranking them out and he was doing like westerns, he was doing crime films. One really good one is called When the Clock Strikes. And with this box set, you finally get two of his films. Uh, they're not his best, but they're definitely interesting. And this box set, like all Arrow stuff, is packed with special features. Oh, yeah. Like they are not just throwing these on disc and going, hey, you got enough. Well, take one commentary track. Nay, this has commentary <laughs> tracks on all of the movies. Two books 
Two books. Two books. This is their thing I know. now, right? Two they're doing books. two books. Yeah, they're on a two book. What's kit. weird is that the price doesn't go up though no. when they had the one book thing. Yeah. So, hmm. No, all their box sets are general, unless it's like a monster thing, like the Gamera set hmm. or something, are all the same price, more or less. Do some people ever come in and they like ask for the uh, limited edition Gamera and you're like, sorry, we're sold? Not up. anymore. I okay. think people knew right away that hmm. that wasn't going to last. So, yeah, I definitely picked this up. It was not a contest, and the films look great. Of course they do. They're they always Super do. remastered, yeah. Come yeah, on now. They always do. And so moving on. Oh, what another arrow thing More that was arrow. in the pile? Now this one I wanted to talk about because uh, the packaging changed. And yeah, we're you in the packaging this up corner, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a film I've never heard about called Death Screams. From what I've heard, great title. Great it's just title. a very regional, which makes you go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, slasher film. Uh, it seems like they're being like, get out of the way, Vinegar Syndrome. Like we want to get in on your territory. Oh yeah. Uh, that's the one thing I do like about doing a Gold Ninja video is. I'm like, I'm not going to touch horror stuff. I don't want to go towards, even though that's the stuff that sells. Yeah. There are like a hundred boutique <laughs> Blu-ray companies fighting for it. Oh, yeah. So I didn't even watch this movie, but the case is meant to look like a VHS box. I know. To it the looks point cool. that it doesn't even have the special features on the back of the slipcase. Yeah, it's very old school. And I like this. I wonder if this is going to be a new trend for mm. them for certain things, or maybe just because it's a regional thing. But um, yeah, I like this packaging quite a bit. It even has a die cut. I mean, I've seen yeah. this on blu-rays or dvds before but it's a really cool one it's like a mouth and when you look through the mouth it's like a woman's decapitated head <laughs> which i guess they're like we're not gonna have to be on shelves at walmart or anything like that yeah we're only cares? at like specialty retailer so who cares no yeah. one's gonna complain about this <laughs> so moving on we have evil dead trap from our good friends at unearthed films speaking of companies that are going through the archives unearth definitely is yeah this unearth classics line has been pretty cool they've been releasing a lot of like i guess more famous stuff i mean they first kind of came out as being just a uh, i think we've talked about this before sort of just a low budget well grotty, they love their gore grotty extreme yeah. horror kind of thing but yeah they started getting into the unearth classics things i think with the unnamable <laughs> the unnamable i mean i like calling it the unnamable i like calling it the unnamable because that's like how that it's movie. Spelled. that one's kind that of that's not bad yeah. right night Fall, I think, or Night Wish. Night Wish. Yeah, also not good. Even Night though wish, it has a great yeah. premise where it's like, oh, it's like uh, Lovecraft in space. Yeah, I right. I think that you're thinking of Dark Side of the Moon is what it's called. Yeah. So something like that, right? Well, there's one called, there's also a movie called Nightfall. Yeah, too. but that's something. And then Night did wish. they put it out? Night Wish they put out. Night, did they? They put out Night Wish. Yeah, <laughs> okay, they did. They did. So. I do. I do. Um, they also put out a Serbian film. I think was their probably their mm-hmm. last release. But and yeah. finally, they got to Evil Dead Trap, which they put out ages ago. Never really did they keep it in print. Uh, it was actually Synapse that. Put oh, it Synapse out. put it. Yeah, out. Synapse had the rights. Whoa, what's uh, to happening? The DVD. Unearth is grabbing it. Unearth picked this up first time on Blu-ray, and uh, you're a big fan of this. Oh I know, yeah, because I, I feel like you've even recommended this on this very podcast at one point. Have I? As, I remember you going to the horror section and taking like a random rental and doing like a rental. Oh, maybe back in the day it, when we were like, we got to pad this out. We were like, we need to know what to talk about. So, yeah, Evil Dead Trap is a giallo, basically, that <laughs> takes place in a big abandoned building. I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm trying to remember the exact details of it. But well, I, I just mean, watched it last night, so I can give you the exact details. I remember details there's a of lot it. of traps, right? <laughs> there's a lot of traps. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It is very much like a giallo. The score is very giallo like and keeps like mm. throbbing incessantly throughout it. Not that there's any relation to Evil Dead. No, there's no but relation. They to Evil do Dead. kind of take that low to the ground, fast sort mm. of shot from it. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a direct rip or just like a coincidence. Oh, yeah. And the killer wears a blood and 
black lace yeah because on the cover here he's wearing it so the premise is great though it's just about a like a basically a female news report team that does like an after hours sort of news show where people send in uh weird videos and then somebody sends in a snuff film or what looks like a snuff film and they decide because they need to the ratings have been dipping they decide to go and investigate at the location which seems to be this old like abandoned factory warehouse thing very found footagey so yeah right into it so i was right into it uh from the beginning and then they get there and of course almost immediately things go wrong like they start getting getting slaughtered right right? away yeah Yeah, it's honestly i think i looked at my uh watch at the 35 minute mark and it seemed like it's not like this but it seems like almost everybody's dead and you're like where is it gonna go from here issue because in the last 10 minutes the last survivor is kind of wandering through hallways and i'm like what's going on i know except The last uh, two minutes has an insane scene that comes out of nowhere. You're like, what? Yeah, you think it's over, but it's not (laughs) over. Um, It also kind of bore it with the end, sort of, Mm -hmm. a resemblance to, I guess I should say spoiler alert here if you haven't seen either of these movies, but the end of Malignant Mm, a little bit. I feel like there's a similarity there, and I don't know if that's a conscious thing on James Wan's part. I don't think so. I don't think so. But But even the whole thing with the... You know, okay, I'm not going to talk about it because people probably haven't seen this. Yeah. But there's a lot of similarities. I mean, even that trap that... is pretty famous. So when you it get is, Japanese right? horror, that's usually right at the top of stuff that people recommend. So I'm finally glad that a company puts it out as a special edition. This is two new commentary tracks. Yeah. And it includes the infamous commentary track. Have you, do you remember this? No. On the liner notes of the DVD of Synapse, they apologize oh, for the commentary no by the writer... And, oh, no, the effects guy and the director. I think it's just because they don't talk that much, and when they do, it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. (laughs) But I'm glad that it was included. And there's even a little featurette, storyboards, behind the scenes still. Good on Unearthed for going the extra mile. And all I have to say is, where's my Primutus Primutus Lord of Hell? I know. Where's my Primutus Lord of Hell? Well, maybe these things are selling like crazy, so maybe this just spurs them on to do more kind of special editions like this. For Yeah, just watching this for the first time, uh, I had a good time with it. I do... I think it kind of like dragged a little bit Mm -hmm. in the middle once, you know, like a lot of these kind of horror movies do. But the kills, brutal, brutal, (laughs) so brutal, so brutal, especially one in particular, the lady getting like speared a bunch of different times. Like, (laughs) yeah, that happens near the the end, right? No, like that's one of the first. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like a trap where like spears come out of every direction. Yeah, there's some eye trauma in there. There's a lot of uh, graphic, graphic stuff. So moving on. Hey, what's this? It's our blind box. And uh, this week, Mark gave me the usual list where it's like a movie <laughs> called Great White. And I was like, oh. yeah, what there was the another, other two? So there was another shark movie out this yeah. week, which I did watch and is boring. So Good. It's just I knew very, it was yeah. going. I mean, uh, when you give us I these know. movies, like I need like an inkling I know, of something. I know. Like, an, like a Billy Zane. I was, I was tired, you know. I, could, I couldn't. I was just like, sharks. We've done sharks. Yeah. Uh, there was also a new Brendan Fraser movie where he's I've like. I've seen it. Have you seen this His movie? His scenes are amazing. Oh, it's okay. pre-Brendan Fraser having the like Fraser Renaissance. Right. Yeah. And so he is very inebriated in the scenes, just ranting, doing a Nick Cage accent. Ooh. Yeah. So So this is called Line of Descent for anybody. And it's an Indian film. It's an Indian film, right? Okay. Well, I'll definitely watch it at some point. And he looks terrible. I mean, he still kind of looks that way, but you know what? People get older. You know, he's he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just looks chunkier. Like, (laughs) you know, he's been looking like that for a long time. Can we just talk about that? It's insane that he, people are like, oh, no, Brendan Fraser is good. Because, like, He's going to be in the new Darren Aronofsky movie. Yep. 
uh, where he plays a giant where large he kind man. Of is, you know, yes. <laughs> playing into his and look. he's going to be in the new Martin Scorsese. Film. I heard, yeah, he was great in that Steven Soderbergh film, right? Which I still haven't seen. Uh, uh, yeah, he's really making you've a seen comeback. The new recut of a Steven Soderbergh film, a TIFF, but you I haven't know. seen the one that you turn on Netflix and it's right there. Well, you know what? The recut of Kafka or something mm-hmm. is more interesting to me than like a new star-studded Steven Soderbergh oh, movie. So if I'm good, being completely though. real, I still want to see it. But though. didn't you I will hear that people hated it because they thought it was too weird? Really? It uses like a wide angle lens throughout it okay. to like distort the image, and it's like, come on, guys. Like, is this what really bothers you? Yeah, like, but that's what I would expect yeah. from him. Uh, oh. No, I will watch it. I'm a little behind on my Steve, my Stevie works because I still oh, haven't even seen Let Them All Talk. Oh, that's yet. great. I don't think I've seen anything since High Flying Bird, to be honest. Okay, so I think so it's only the only little, two. Yeah, so I got to catch up on both of those. He's doing it. Sorry. He's doing different genres. I know. I don't even watch them. Well, hey, the Kafka recut was great. I'm like, I like a, that. So, and you were so excited to see it too, which is. I you was. didn't know what it was. It could have been a new movie. If well, it was you, a new you movie, told, like, you told me it was the yeah. Kafka re-edit. Hey, don't, okay. don't love you yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I was informed that it was the Kafka re-edit. I thought but it was going to be dubbed never, in German, which yeah, I think would have been interesting. I think maybe, I'd never seen Kafka, yeah. so I think maybe that helped. Uh, that was like the one of his it's, early films I've never okay. seen. Okay. Yeah, I can see. We get it. I'd you like, like to, Brazil. Yeah, I know, right? He's very much into Brazil <laughs> and Kafka's you know, vibe and everything, and, which okay. is cool. I mean, that's the whole point. And the other one was it, a horror movie, right? Where you, it was like a reality TV scene. Oh yeah. That was another blind by choice. Fun house, which apparently is, you know, a bunch of reality. It's like a big brother style thing where mm-hmm. they all start getting killed off. I haven't. I is it real reality TV one. stars? No. Oh, it's if not, it was, no. I'd be there. It's a Canadian movie too. Oh, so, you know, know how I feel about that. that. Yeah. No, instead I went classy yeah. with Blue Panther, AKA Marie Chantal versus Dr. Ka. And I say the French title because I'm going to talk about it in a second. Mm-hmm. I did research for this <laughs> and so what I wanted to check out about this is I have a soft spot even though I don't have that much experience with his work of Claude Chabrol one of the forgotten I think French New Wave directors yeah, you got Jacques yeah, Yvette you that. got Jean Le Godard you mm-hmm. have uh, Ramaire Claude Chabrol out of all of them he was the most prolific yeah he made a ton ton he was basically like the bourgeoisie one of them like okay. I think he was a little bit more well off than them okay that but makes what sense. I really love about him is he with Eric Ramaire wrote the first book on Hitchcock right that's like the anchor that all of the work that I see from them from that point on I'm yeah. like oh okay when I watch Chabrol what is like the little bit Hitchcocky stuff that's in here. His right. films are just more subtle, not as in your face, but he's made some classic stuff like The Butcher. Yep. Um, what are some other ones that are really soft good? Soft Skin is soft really skin good. Soft Skin is really good. Wait, no, uh, Soft Skin, isn't that Truffaut? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it is Truffaut. <laughs> uh, Truffaut, Chabrol. Oh, yeah. classic. Uh, oh, Cry of the Owl? I've uh, seen that one. That's what? Chabrol, right? Which one? The Cry of the Owl. That's very Hitchcockian. Uh, sure. Yeah, that one's Chabrol. He did a really good Agatha, uh, Agatha, Agatha, Agatha Christie. <laughs> Can't get it out. Yeah. Uh, it's called Poulet au Vinaigre, which is uh, oh, right. Chicken with Vinegar. I don't know if it has a different English title. Yeah, he did. Uh, weren't there two of those movies? Movies, the Inspector Lavardin mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, he did. And wait, uh, oh, he did La Ceremonie, right? The Ceremony? Yeah. And that's yeah. a great movie, too. Yep. Anyway, the one we watched is a spy spoof. <laughs> yeah. Called uh, Blue Panther. And this is one I feel like, I wish I had a little bit more context about it because I did some research about it. It's not just a spy spoof. The reason it's called Marie Chantal versus Dr. Ka is that Marie Chantal was, I guess at the time, a famous character in L, like short stories that were written by a guy and she had nothing to do with spy stuff. So the fact that she was doing spy stuff was very novel. Yeah. Even though her character isn't that weird. 
Not really, no. Basically, this is Chabrol doing charade. Yeah, exactly, right? And in classic, like, charade style, or I would say Chabrol style, it's very kind of, like, off the cuff. If Mm -hmm. you're expecting, like, you know, fight scenes or action scenes, look somewhere else. Yeah. It's more of a kind of, like, slamming near the end. Yeah, it's more of, like, a slamming door kind of, like, farce. Yeah. Like, characters are crossing. Mm -hmm. They keep going to, like, Morocco, or I think they're in the Swiss Alps. Yeah, they're in the Swiss Alps at first, Yeah, but it's (laughs) all, like, beige apartments. Yeah, like exactly. Style. <laughs> I mean, what did you think of me having forcing you to watch this movie, uh, Mark? I thought this was uh, I thought this was fun, mm. and I, you know, it, it had caught my eye when we first got it in. It's one of a couple of Chabrol movies that Kino's put out. Yeah, Bluebeard. Uh, Bluebeard's another and he, one. They did one, yeah, uh, one Ligne de, de Demarcation. Line yeah, of they did that a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been releasing a bunch of his stuff that's never kind of seen the North American Blu-ray DVD market, but um, this one definitely caught my eye. And being a huge James Bond fan as a kid. And and still, I loved the just like the riffing on it. It mm-hmm. definitely felt like they were. I mean, obviously James Bond was huge at that point. Uh, the title's also a riff. I, I read on the French title of Doctor No oh, at that really? point because I think it was called James Bond 007 versus Doctor No. So mm. he kind of was riffing on that. And it just like it's definitely convoluted and doesn't really. Makes go it. anywhere yeah, or not like, really. it's like, a like if you're trying story. to follow the plot it doesn't really matter i find but i thought the actors were really engaging especially the lead actress um and i just thought the look of it was really cool it captured sort of that like exotic vibe of james bond movies where they go all over the world even though it's like done on a lower budget mm-hmm. and doesn't have quite that scope but it just had like a good sense of humor to it and there were a lot of moments that it just like made me made me giggle i guess because it was so absurd and reading about this and his other film that came out this week bluebeard from kino it seems that like a lot of the draw is the kind of cameos from actors but yeah. i don't know any of them <laughs> i mean i know up. francisco rabal was mm. in it he's the only name i kind of knew but yeah apart from that a lot of familiar looking faces but nobody i could actually tell you who so does it get you blind by uh, recommendation or is it say, yes i would say yeah i had a lot of fun with this i just and i find the lead character really like engaging and really cute you know she's just she like she it's is, like Aud- right? audrey it's, hepburn though That's it is it totally is but no i had a lot of fun with it and if you're especially if you're a james bond fan or just like a fan of the french, it's like a french new wave mm. version of a james bond movie which i can definitely always get behind all right so now it's time to time to get- fork out the wallet yeah, get the <laughs> lock over box some money. Out, yeah, because we're going to be talking about some yeah, UK write some releases. certified checks for these here. <laughs> Take another mortgage out on your house <laughs> because we're talking about UK releases that are region free. So well, Australian, release. Australian, and UK, and UK. So first up, we have a company man <laughs> we, imprint. Please send us Blu-rays we can review. I know because we would talk about them in detail. Oh yeah, we'll make this the imprint podcast. If you give <laughs> imprint me imprint presents, pre- imprint presents. Just talk about the imprint releases. Because we have David Lynch's The Straight Story. Yep. And so you were David Lynch head. Wait, oh, we yeah. a little bit like, mm, no thank you, on The Straight Story when we talked no, about it no, ages no, ago. No, no. Okay. When did we ever talk about The Straight Story? I'm sure it came up. Did I could have sworn you were like a little bit lukewarm on it. The only David Lynch movie I'm lukewarm on is Dune. No, no, let's get let's are. get that straight. <laughs> uh, the straight. Let's get that straight. <laughs> no uh, pun intended. Uh, I do love The Straight Story. And even though it is, you know, one of his not as weird or surreal movies. It's just such a lovely little film. And I do actually find it a little bit of, a little bit surreal. I find there's a bit of, like, absurdity in just watching this guy, Richard Farnsworth, just, like, drive slowly across America on, mm. his, on his little tractor uh, to see his friend. I just find it just, I don't know, a little heartwarming. So good. It's so good. I, like, I don't know what else to say about it. It's David just so Lynch heartwarming make a movie and charming. Like this ever again? Could he? Yes. Would he want to? I think to? he could. I don't know if he wants to. Mm-hmm. 
It seems like, I mean, who knows if he's ever going to make anything again, movie-wise, at this point. But I think he could. I mean, people always want to say that this is, like, so different from the rest of his Mm. filmography, though, too. And I don't necessarily find that it is. It's got a lot of those themes of, like, the heartland of America Mm. and everything. And I think it's just done in a bit more of, like, a, yeah, straighter way than his stuff. But I, I feel like the themes are pretty similar across a lot of his work. So this special edition from Imprint is basically a Criterion oh, uh, level thing yeah. with tons of new featurettes. A new commentary. It's a, a high-definition presentation from Restored 4K Master. Featurette with the crew. That's cool. Yep. A featurette about the, just inside the film, inside the score a visual essay, which is something they do a lot, which I really appreciate. The only issue is, it is $72. $70, yep. Um, There is no way I'm not going to pay $70 for that. Yeah, but imprint? Maybe if I could have experienced all the special features, I'd be like, listen, it's worth the price of admission. Hey, you've bought a few. Breakdown. You bought Breakdown. And then the Breakdown special edition is coming, but I should point out. Which I got a copy of. I got an advanced copy of. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. When is that coming out? uh, It was actually coming out this week, but with all of our stuff mm. that's late, it just hasn't arrived. The features are not as good as the imprint. But yeah, I was comparing with the stuff that's on the imprint edition, and it's different. There's a commentary. There is a commentary. There yeah. is some behind-the-scenes stuff, but the imprint uh, features look way more extensive. So it looks like that. So they didn't pour over the imprint stuff. No, not all of it. Unless okay. it's on there and they're not uh, showing it on the back. Yeah. I haven't put the disc in yet. But um, but yes, straight story. And I don't know. I I'm considering picking this up just because. <laughs> It's one of those things, though, because in North America, it's owned by Disney. So I feel it's like never the, gonna come the chances of yeah. a Blu-ray, it's not like Breakdown where there might mm-hmm. be like a Blu-ray here. So, And it just looks so nice. It <laughs> looks so nice. I mean, it came out with another a wave of imprint titles this week that included Drugstore Cowboy and Chinese Box, uh, As Good As It Gets. You want to pay $70 for As Good As It Gets? <laughs> Have you sold one copy yet? No, not at no. that. And Days of Heaven, actually. They put out, like, okay. now that the Criterion's out of print, they put out like a big And now that edition. the Paramount put out a version and, uh, of yeah, Sucks? Exactly, right? Um, But this is the one that I would most consider purchasing. And we also have from Indicator, who used to be the king of expensive Blu-ray. Yeah, although some of their stuff's getting region locked now, so we don't get it all. We're not getting as much Indicator stuff anymore. Because we have a uh, new version of Werner Herzog's Invincible. Yeah. Are you of this one? Uh, I've never seen this one, but I've always been. But I love Herzog. I just haven't got around to yeah, this. Just like but Soderberg. it is. Yeah, you love yeah, I know. him, right? <laughs> uh, Herzog is made like Soderbergh. So many goddamn. But this movies came out that during uh, when we were it seeing did, movies. It did. It um, did. It's <laughs> also your your favorite genre, though, the World War II movies. Yeah. So I've seen it though I, when I did a Herzog episode. Have I you was seen it? Curious by the expressionist. I know. Um, I like. I've always been drawn to this image of Tim Roth on the front, which actually seems very Kafkaesque a little bit. Yeah. Well. Uh, it's taken from uh, like a Fritz Lang's like Mabuse yeah, movie right? has um, a scene like that. The movie's not really so like that. Okay? That's not how Herzog works. Yeah, it's not like von Trier doing um, what? Is, what is the one that he? It's not Europa. Is it? Oh, Europa. Yeah, yeah. Where it's yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's so formal. Stylized. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not like that at all. So, so but it is. A is it good though? It's all right. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll definitely check it out. I'm kind of like doing a thing where I'm working through all of Werner Herzog's mm-hmm. films again and just like going from start to finish with the ones I've seen and the ones I haven't. So. I will get to this, but yeah, I was trying to like push it on, like try to get to it this week, but it's like two hours and 15 minutes and like <laughs> oh, no. coming off of TIFF and like, oh geez. But 
I definitely want to see this movie. So, moving on, we've got some, what is this, Ronin Flicks, Phil? Yeah, Ronin Flicks is now supplying some of, not not everything. It's basically so just- Not the good stuff, not we're going to get into. It's not the Scorpion stuff. Yeah. So, it's basically the stuff that they're releasing. They're become, they've become their own, like, banner now. So, they did that I Spit on Your Grave Box, which we were able to get. Now they just sold out instantly, right? And we right sold out instantly, copies. although we're getting more copies. Wait, you of, did sell out instantly? I was being sarcastic. Well, we did, yeah. We sold out of that it box. It was so expensive. I know, we sold them all. And they just all. announced that there's a 4 Okay, I, I know. Well, out. we're going to be getting the single editions of them soon, and I assume the 4K at some point. Mm. But uh, but first, there's these two films. We have these two classic films. Adrenaline, Fear the Rush, directed by my man Albert Pyun. So there's a commentary on there from you, right? No. Oh, you big like son of a bitch. No, no I, I'm as mad as you are because I look <laughs> at this thing and I'm like, there's nothing on this. There's no special features there's at nothing all. on this. And I think it's probably from them being like, no one cares. But like, you care. I care. And you yeah. and they, I'll do it for free. They care enough to put it out. So I'll do it for somebody free. cares. <laughs> so yeah, adrenaline fear of the rush. It could be maybe the company doesn't allow them because oh it, it oh I didn't see this. It's a partnership with Shout. Yeah. Very small. I saw the that Shout logo down there, mm. which they're keeping kind of hidden. Where it's like oh Shout just went. Yeah, it's Shout, on both you of put these. Out on, you put out so much not good stuff. Why can't you put out adrenaline fear? Of I know. The Are you like? I mean, that's definitely your in their wheelhouse. Yeah. So. Uh, and Adrenaline Fear of the Rush stars Christopher Lambert. You know what? I'm going to say something that's going to make Mark mad. Yeah. The best ad- adaptation of a Resident Evil movie without <laughs> zombies. Really? Is yes. this movie? Yes. Okay. Where basically it's like they go in to get like a serial killer, I believe. I don't remember who plays him, but he's like a big monster man. Okay. And they instantly get shot and can't move pretty much from the room that they're stuck in. Okay. And it's all like grimy. It's shot in Romania. Now, the cut that's on this movie, unfortunately, it's not the extended European version, which I recommend because it's closer to the direct vision of Albert Pyun, which he wanted to make it like Saving Private Ryan, like very intense, really? as okay. intense. In the book that I wrote, The Cinema of Al- A Radioactive Dream, The Cinema of Albert Pyun, I had some of the script pages that the cinematographer had that had notes that Albert Pyun like, gave him, and right, he wrote okay. on it. So okay. very interesting stuff. Uh, Natasha Hendridge, I guess coming right off of Species, right? Yeah, it would have been mm. right after that. But this fa- film was infamous because... Uh, Harvey Weinstein forced Albert Pugh to go back and do crazy reshoots. Okay. I think they added the monster stuff in. It wasn't there. And, like, a virus attacks, a, like, a big plot with, like, a lot of text at the beginning. Right. And so Albert Pugh, when he went, he actually shot Nemesis 4 <laughs> with the extra money that he had from the uh, reshoots of Adrenaline Fear of the Rush. Nice, See, nice. If a, a company, if they had put out Adrenaline Fear of the Rush and Nemesis 4... Beautiful. There I mean, Nemesis 4 already exists from MBD, so. It does. They put it out in that three-pack. But you know what? But see, they could get all this beautiful context from you. I know, commentary. I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, they did not. Instead, they, they not. just put it out. I mean, I, you know, I could have probably emailed George Muradian, the cinematographer, and he would have probably been up for a commentary track. Right? And he's fascinating, because he's, like, worked on Dick Tracy. Oh, he worked right. on, like, yeah, yeah. tons of cool stuff. But no, instead, it's nothing. Who is this for? God. Like, I don't understand. Did, like You bought one of these, right? Of course I did. You're, I I think you're the only sale on this. <laughs> and certainly nobody's bought the next title that's on the list. And the next one released by why was this the one they decided to go with? Like as well, the like we're going to the market. Both of these were available on their site going back to like mm-hmm. the early to mid summer. So I wonder how well they sold like directly Wait. from them. Wait, why is Lawnmower Man 2 Jove's War more expensive? <laughs> I know it's more expensive. <laughs> and there's there's still nothing on it. I mean, unless the back's just not showing anything. Uh, but yeah, Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War, is the second Ronin Flix release here. Hey, you like Lawnmower Man? <laughs> <laughs> well, what if it was Lawnmower uh, Man but a post-apocalyptic future yeah. where Job runs uh, the world? Yeah. 
then there you go. I loved this movie as a kid. Yeah. I mean, I loved both Lawnmower Man mm-hmm. movies as a kid, as well as like the the video game and everything. Video game. Um, yeah, there was, was a the there was a video game for it that was for did I it believe take you to your VR? Sega. <laughs> yeah, it did. Oh. Yeah, no. So part of it was just like a normal side scrolling mm-hmm. kind of thing, and then part of it was like a POV thing where you're like in the <laughs> game. And, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was for Sega. My my friend had it, but um, these movies just always really. <laughs> I mean. All this 90s, like, computer VR stuff really worked for me. But, yeah, for some reason, the Lawnmower Man movies really uh, really spoke to me as a child. And even though I cannot say that this, the second Lawnmower Man is any good, mm-hmm. uh, I would say you're probably good with just the first one that, you know, Shout put out. And yeah. That, like, because, you know, Brett Leonard made oh, the first one. Yeah, you know, you my boy, Brett Leonard. Brett Leonard. This one's directed by Farhad Mann, who I'm not familiar with. I think with. he was a producer, uh, probably, on I the think first so, one. Yeah. Something like that. It uh, doesn't have Pierce Brosnan in this one, oh. but, you know, you get uh, Patrick Bergen and Matt Frewer. <laughs> um, I mean, Matt, oh, there's was no, Matt there's no in the Je- first one? Uh, no. No, it's Jeff Fahey, right? Oh. Yeah, so there's no Jeff Fahey or Pierce Brosnan. So it's basically, I mean, it's basically just the same kind of thing but not as good yeah but, but like i said post-apocalyptic future but i don't know it's just like uh, just seeing this cover just like brings back so many memories <laughs> does it just the t- why would you watch this movie i know over i know again? well i mean i've probably seen the first one more than this one mm. but i remember this was always on tbs i would say this one was on tbs maybe more than the first one Ooh, did it count as canadian content is that why i don't know is a this TBS canadian is, no uh, i don't know maybe a shot the fact that matt Fleur, uh stars in it, it i know it's possible go, like, yeah. it's possible they could have shot it here Anyways, uh, yeah, so, not good. <laughs> um, I mean, that's kind of a weak recommendation from me, and nobody's picking this up. With visually stunning special effects, don't lie to us. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ronan. visually stunning '90s special effects. Yep. I guess um, I, there is something about the effects of the Lawnmower Man movies that really like that. I really like though. It's like a low that lo-fi tech thing. Damn with. <laughs> So, moving on, we have One Crazy Summer, released perfectly as we enter the Halloween season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Warner Archive. Well, Warner Archive is basically like one robot in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> well, they fired everybody. Yeah, there's nobody running. And they uh, work for machine, Amazon now. machine pumping up the yeah, That's literally what it is. <laughs> we made that joke about Mill Creek a long time ago, and that's <laughs> yeah, what and Warner that's Archive exactly says. What that is, yeah. So, we have One Crazy Summer, the John Cusack film we made after Better Off Dead with the director Savage Steve Hall. Holland. Yep. You know why he's called Savage Steve Holland? He murdered uh, three would, people. I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, he it's a childhood nickname yes. because he, he beat up a kid or something. Oh, or is that like, what it is? Something like that. Does that mean that when he introduces himself to new people, he's like, call me Savage. 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 Yeah. Savage Steve. Can you imagine you walked into a room and you said, yeah, that was your really, nickname? Yeah, do you really use that? Like, does he still use that? Yes, he I does. I mean, he does he use it on his credits, Steve yeah, Holland. but I wonder, like, do his friends call him Savage? Curtis Booger Armstrong must call him Savage. Savage and Booger, right? Yeah, that's what they call each other? The Savage and Booger show. Did you know that Curtis Armstrong was third build on Moonlighting? The Bruce Willis? Really? Yeah, he was. Did and not he's like, know you're that. still calling me Booger. You're still calling me Booger. Uh, one crazy summer. I remember I watched it many years ago in a marathon, like a 24-hour summer movie marathon. Oh, okay. Did, and it went over like a wet fart. Really? Eh? <laughs> yeah. It was that bad? No laughs. Just like stone face watching it. Everybody. Interesting. Well, I had never seen this until recently, uh, but I was always a huge Better Off Dead fan as a kid. It was one of my favorite uh, movies, and I really like John Cusack.
Isaac. So I don't know why I never got around to this as a kid, but I'd always wanted to see it since he, it was basically like the direct follow it up. Like they started filming this before Better Off Dead even came out, uh, which is why John Cusack, who apparently hated Better Off Dead, which why? is still strange to me that he, yeah. I mean, apparently he's come around to a bit mm. more, but I don't understand why he hates it so much. John Cusack he said is he a was prickly du- individual. Yeah. And he said, not only that, but he claimed he was duped and that the director, the director like duped him into like what it was going to be like. So obviously they were in the midst of shooting this and he was contractually obliged. So he just looks like pissed off to be here <laughs> like the entire time. I mean, it's basically just better off dead, but like not as good, uh, like not in school and like a summer vacation. Better Both off added dead, Bobcat right? Goldthwait. But I added Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, you got some other people in there like Bill Murray's brother is in there. Joel Murray. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, Curtis, Curtis Booger Armstrong is there again. <laughs> Take um, that booger out of your mouth, Mark. I know, I just like... And there's oh, some Demi other people. Demi Moore's in it? Demi Moore. Joe Flaherty's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically just Better Off Dead. It's got the same kind of, like, sight gags, mm-hmm. the same kind of absurdism, which definitely... There were a few moments that really made me laugh. I I'm not going to lie. when I was watching but, it, I'm like, this is, like, five speeds too slow for, like, the jokes that are Yeah, happening. it just doesn't... It doesn't have the same kind of momentum that Better Off Dead did, you mm-hmm. know? That movie just, like, zips by from start to finish. It's just, like, such a fun ride and the absurdism is just so well packaged this one has the same sort of vibe but like something's a little bit off and Mm. maybe it's because john cusack doesn't want to be there (laughs) maybe they're just like trying to redo the same movie in like a really short time period so it didn't come off but it's unfortunate because it kind of it was a flop i think and then he savage steve holland only made one more theatrical film in the 80s which was another comedy that i haven't seen well if you love but then he uh, went family into TV. Uh, channel yeah. movies he went into family channel movies hardcore <laughs> where it's made like a ton. oh it's one with like a neanderthal man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's made a series of like surfing ones i think <laughs> like kids surfing movies um I mean, he still works consistently, like yeah. right up until the present. If there's so. no stop motion burgers dancing around, I'm not interested. Well, I mean, this also has the animation aspect. Yep. That's the other thing, too, because he's also he's an animator, still playing right? an animator. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you still have that. And I thought the animation sequences in this were kind of lamer than mm. they were in Better Off Dead because it's this whole thing about like a rhino finding love. Yeah. And it's like... You're just a teenager, dude. Like, I don't want to hear about you. Like, like I want well, to find your love. You're like, a yeah, it kind of, it kind of felt Grow lame. Kind of felt lame shit. to me. Yeah, I know, right? I like the sentimentality. Yeah, too. you're more of a fan of the next movie, right? Yeah. EVT chat. I, yeah, I might like my sexuality dark and weird and uh, mysterious. So I'm guessing so. you br- brought this one out because you saw it at the Fantasia Film Festival. I did. How could you guess? Because it says Fantasia, right? Yeah. Um, this is a really great movie, though. A really great little indie flick. Uh, you may have heard of it because Julia Fox stars in it. Uh, it's her first role after she blew up in Uncut Gems. Uh, it also stars Peter Vack, who's like a kind of like an indie fixture in New York. Wait, right I believe now. Julia Fox is in a Steven Soderbergh film. Is she? Yeah, she's in. What's the last one he did? Oh, No Sudden Move. No is she sudden in that? Move. I believe oh, she okay, is. Okay, interesting. Yeah. More reason to see it. I'll watch <laughs> it soon. I promise. Know if you I'll, watch, I'll double bill it with Let Them All Talk. I'll catch up on my Soderbergh. Uh, and you know what? It even has a, a critic quote on the front that compares private chat to sex lies and videotapes. So how about that? Um, but yeah, this movie, yeah, I saw it at Fantasia, but it's not really a genre movie at all. It's not like a horror movie or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like a low-key independent drama about a guy who, like a really like nasty, douchey guy who basically his thing is like cam girls. Yeah. And he basically starts up this relationship with Julia Fox's character who's a cam girl and, you know, thinks he has something more with her. But then he, she says she's on like the West Coast and he's in New York. And then she, he thinks he uh, sees her out on the street mm. one day and she says it's not her. And it leads to this whole sort of mystery thing where he's like, 
she's definitely like in the city, but she's lying. So he kind of, it becomes a bit of a yeah, stalker thing. Because she doesn't want to talk to you. Yeah, you exactly. Asshole. Right. It actually goes to some like interesting places though. Um, and another Safdie brothers regular um, buddy something. The guy who's in Good Time. He's in Good Time. You'd recognize him, but he's in this too. There's a lot. It does feel a bit like a Safdie brothers movie at times. Mm. Really cool vibe though, and it goes to some unexpected places, and it actually kind of gets a little sentimental and sweet at the end, but in like. A nice way, you know, oh, like an unexpected, good. naturalistic kind of well, way. Well, you hate that. You hate sentimentality. I know, but and you know, I kind of liked it in this well. one. So uh, I would say check it out. Definitely check it out. You only like it when it's 480p, as I read on the back, standard definition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this DVD has commentary. It has the director's yeah. first feature on it. Annunciation yes. from yeah. So it's yeah directed by this guy named Ben Hosey, who's directed a bunch of films that just like this just haven't really gone anywhere because they're really experimental, mm-hmm. kind of low budget thing. But I've I've seen uh, Annunciation actually and some of his earlier films. Wait, and they're pretty. You see those? Uh, they're all online. He's got like a Vimeo uh, page. Where, no like, time all for Steven Soderbergh. We're time for Annunciation. <sighs> I just I love these like micro budget mm. like New York filmmaker guys. So when I saw this and I saw his other stuff was online and it's fairly short, I decided to check it out. It's all very um, oh a little Godardian, I would say, mm. some of his early stuff. It's super more abstract, whereas this one's more of like a narrative feature. So moving on, we have Gunda. Why is this the last movie? Is it... Um... Oh, this is just a wonderful film. Oh, I was this hoping it'd a be wonderful like Billy Zane. Have or... you, you've never heard of Gunda. No. So this is a new documentary uh, from Victor Kosakovsky, who uh, has made a bunch of documentaries like Aquarella like a water documentary <laughs> yeah anyway he makes a lot of visually of spectacular yeah. like cinderella but like but like water water cinderella water based, yeah. <laughs> anyways this is a wonderful movie about a pig basically about farm animals in general but like no, it doesn't bait. talk is it better than bait? it doesn't talk uh-huh. uh yeah maybe it's not maybe it's not as good as bait <laughs> okay. but you know it's it's definitely up there in the pantheon of pig movies mm. it's actually about farm it basically is just like an observational documentary shot in black and white uh about a farm basically yeah. and a bunch of farm animals but it kind of centers around a pig and <laughs> and did Joaquin Phoenix play the pig no Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> just put his name on it as a producer oh. I don't know what he has he has nothing to do with this movie as that far as I'm sad. concerned there's no dialogue there's mm-hmm. no narration you're basically just like beautiful black and white images of these animals which I always love I just love watching animals basically. does it end and, this being made to bacon like it ends it doesn't end like that yeah. but it ends very heartbreakingly okay <laughs> like the last 10, 15 minutes of this movie are just like heart wrenching. And it's not like you're not seeing animals get slaughtered or anything. Mm. So don't worry about that. But emotionally, oh, you're seeing them emotionally get slaughtered. And that's like, that's just as bad. It says here the stars are one legged chicken. Oh, yeah. There's there's cool chicken in it. But mostly it's about the pig and mm. the pig's like offspring, basically the pig's litter of, of mm. baby pigs. And that kind of follows them around. And it's just great. It's a really great observational doc. But you got to be prepared. It's going to like, it's really going to get you in the field. And so when this ended. In the last 10 minutes. Were you like, I will never eat meat again? Not at all. Never. (laughs) Are you kidding me? And I don't know if that's the point because part of it, part of definitely. The, what can feel? I know. Basically, is one of those guys. I know. At the end, you're feeling like, oh yeah, this is trying to make me like, you know, not eat meat. But mm. I guess I'm just an asshole. I, I don't know. Like, you know, I love watch. I love animals. I love I watching say, pigs. Jun- but you know, we're in we're in a like, 
you know, it's a cycle. You know, we're it's the food chain. What, what are you gonna? <laughs> You're what like, are you gonna listen, do? History will look down upon you. It will. As yeah. Eaters. No, I know. I know. But you eat meat too. Oh yeah, right? of course. Yeah, come on now. I mean, I was listening to you know Okja. Have you seen that movie, the Bong Joon Ho mm-hmm. film? That I love that. Another movie I love that also didn't get me to. I stop mean, Bong Joon Ho said the same thing where he's like, when the movie ended, I was like, no more meat for me. But man, meat's all around. I it's know. so he can't even help himself. I can't. Right. And I know I'm a hypocrite because yeah, I would never want to go in a slaughterhouse and slaughter a yeah. pig myself or anything. And I do think obviously a lot of slaughterhouse practices and factory farming is terrible mm. and i don't like the treatment of animals but i believe it can be done humanely like when they grow they old they just die of old age well no because then you're not getting the good quality meat <laughs> yeah mark, mark only eats veal <laughs> yeah come on now. well we've just lost all of our vegan vegetarian listeners if there were any no yeah um there uh, weren't i mean emily is a vegetarian okay and what i learned from her diet is that she mostly eats french fries oh, okay <laughs> yeah. i mean I, mean, I love french fries i love french, french fries, fries too. are great yep <laughs> uh, uh, but no i day. applaud anybody who mm-hmm. actually is living like that because i do think it takes a lot of you know a lot of courage to actually live your beliefs like that and that's not where that's not me clearly yeah. that's not too I, depressed i don't You're live like, my beliefs yeah i literally uh, finished gun down was like oh my god i feel so bad for and then you're pig. like uh double bacon like, pizza please. yeah i want to order a burger <laughs> I mean, it's not, um, is there a lovable cow in Gunda as well? Uh, there's some cows milling around in the background. It's mostly about the pig and the chicken, though. So, Mo- <laughs> right. mostly the pigs. Mostly the pigs. They just, I feel bad. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, see, in the back, it's, it reminds, oh, yeah, there are cows. There's two ingenious cows. Ingenious. A scene-stealing, scene one-legged chicken. So, they're, like, scheming? And they remind, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> they're gonna they remind us of the inherent value of life for all beings. Yeah. Uh, stop trying to make me feel bad. What this movie says is that all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others, <laughs> basically, right? <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's what I took away from it. All right. Thanks, so, Joaquin. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, communism doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, but a great movie. Great movie. So <laughs> that's um, all the mo- releases this week at Basement Video. Open, usual, same hours these days? Uh, we're open later. I don't know if I, you know, we said that at no, one point, but we we're did. open until 8 now, oh. Sundays to Thursdays, well, until 10 on Friday Walking Saturday. into the um, entrance, it does say till midnight up on the permanent... <laughs> Uh, it's gonna take a lot of money to replace that. So. <laughs> it makes no sense to be it open until midnight. I, know. I remember walking at like eleven thirty. I'm like, why is this place open? It yeah, no need to be. And we were actually gonna shorten the hours before yeah. the pandemic hit anyway. But you know, there are some people that would knew we were open till midnight and would plan to come after eleven because they knew it was quiet. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well that's it. So until next week, my name is Dustin the Glue, and I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on eating meat. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. (laughs) Don't say that, Mark. That's terrible. (laughs) That's what I was thinking of. But Mark said it for me. Keep on buying, keep on renting, and keep on meeting. I love how, uh, as a meteor myself, I just harangued Mark, even though. Yeah, I I know, even though you're. Question to you. Well, watch Gunda and feel bad about Mm -hmm. yourself, right? For for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's it.